Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bench with Carter Eckle. This is episode 116. I am your host, Carter E., joined as always by Jeff Mulvahill Jr. of InstaImage.com over there on the sliders. Jeff, how are you doing? I assume you may have actually watched some football this weekend. I know that's not usually your thing. I, I actually watched the entire game, if wow. you can believe that. I started to get a little disappointed but that's just the way it goes but the uh overtime period was exciting well for some people it was i don't know if, if it was still if, exciting for, for niners fans there was a lot of sitting there going i know how this is gonna end i need your take on the uh receiving versus uh so kansas city kicked but oh yeah yeah, yeah. so we'll get there i, I okay. wanted to start with the super bowl before we get into some other stuff Jeff asked me last week why we didn't talk about the Super Bowl, I and mean, it was mostly because I was uh, pretty <laughs> nervous. Uh, you know, I it's it's weird seeing the Niners minus two on, in Vegas because, like, you know, logically you're like Vegas is usually right, but then every single prediction was I can't bet against the Chiefs. I can't pick against the Chiefs. I can't go against the Chiefs. Yeah, it turns out they were right. <laughs> so I thought, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I you and I were texting after and. He's he's just good. Yeah. So to the to the coin flip for overtime, right? Yeah. So up until this year, the way the Niners played it would have been the right move, right? Because you get the ball, if you go score, game over. If you go score a touchdown, game over, right? But right. this year the rules changed because of previous playoff games featuring Patrick Mahomes, uh, where they played the Bills in the I believe AFC championship game either a year or two ago and beat them forty three forty two or beat them in overtime by scoring a touchdown and basically keeping Josh Allen from ever getting the ball. And so the Bills had a big problem with that. They said we should at least get a response. So uh, that kind of changes the dynamics of which of how you should start because if both teams get a chance, much like they do in college football, much like they do in high school football, the, the odds say you want the ball second because if you get the ball second, you know what you have to do, right? And you have four downs, right? If you're already down six points, you're not kicking a field goal. You're not you're not punting on fourth and three wherever you are, right? You're going for it. So you have four downs to get ten yards. Is is the math? Is the is the logic there? Um, so yeah, the Niners should have uh, kicked to start start overtime, and then you know players come out afterwards admitting they didn't know the o- overtime rules, the new overtime rules, which is uh, hard to hear. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I that's just can't these are fathom that a professional athlete doesn't know. You know. As much as I would love to sit here and say that professional athletes shouldn't know where the coach is, like what that the, that's, the coaching that's coaching one hundred and one yeah. right there, and like I understand there's going to be a lot of a lot of blame to go around, especially on you know Shanahan because now he's he's had at least ten point leads in the three Super Bowls he's been in, and he's lost all three. Um, two of those, one of those was as an offensive coordinator, but it's yeah, it's really not much of a debate on like. Was it the wrong move? Yes. Like, well, it was pretty clearly... And I was watching an interview with Andy Reid right after the game with Berman, and they they talked about it, and he said they must have had their reasons for doing that. I'm like, well, that seems kind of... I'm used to soccer. Kickoff makes zero difference. It yeah. doesn't... It, I mean, you may as well just throw the ball up and hope. Yeah, it's it was not the, it was not the correct move on the Niners' part. It really is an unfortunate way to lose a Super Bowl, because that's... That's how I mean they're gonna remember that one for a while. There's no guarantee you you'll be they'll be back, even yeah. though most of that team is is together on the on the defensive side. They're gonna have some some pieces to fill and or guys to go sign. But uh, the Niners have done a really good job over the years, and it doesn't really get talked about that often about uh, 
controlling their cap space and keeping a good chunk of cap space available. They went and made a big move on the D line this past off season um, and still had, you know, $28 million left in the, the yearly budget or something around there to go make another move. Um, so they're going to have some, some things to do, but most of that offense will be almost the entirety of that offense will be back. So that's, that's good to see, but yeah, they're going to have to take, they're going to have to take another step and just, you know, hope you don't run into Mahomes again. Um, it's something I've said on this podcast before, but and it's now getting more traction. And I will also say it's not my original idea. <laughs> but Mahomes is very, very much like the Michael Jordan of our of our current generation. I understand the hyperbole. People, I'm sure, are going to come at me for or people. People do not agree with this. It's, it seems pretty, pretty blatant that you're you're on one side or the other. But I didn't grow up watching Jordan, right? I wasn't I wasn't alive. I'm 30 years old right now. However, I did grow up watching Tom Brady. And while Tom Brady was good, there was always the debate of what about Peyton Manning? What about Aaron Rodgers? What about, you know, those are really the main two. But what about somebody else, right, who's off on the the fringes? There isn't that with Mahomes right now. There's no no debate. He is head and shoulders above the rest of the league. He's got (laughs) three rings and two MVPs at 28. Michael Jordan also had three MVPs at 28. Tom Brady didn't win one until he was 30, win an MVP, that is. He already had a couple Super Bowls. Uh, you know, this is kind of getting off, off my point, but you can kind of even look at the, the other characters in this as sort of, you know, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey to Phil Jackson, Scotty Pippen, sort of, sort of deal. And I really don't think it's that far fetched. I know some people do. Uh, I'm not, I'm not saying that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest of all time. Let me make that distinction very clear. He's, he's 28, but for what he's done in his first six seasons to make five Super Bowls and win three of them, I think what he can do, I mean, my daughter and I watched the whole game, and up until that last period, it's like, mm, I don't know who's the MVP. They get the ball and drive that thing all the way down the field. There's no question who's the MVP. Well, and he can, made it happen. Yeah, and you can listen to listen to any of the big talking heads talk about this. As, as a Chiefs fan, you're sitting there down, you know, whatever they were in the fourth quarter going, well, feels pretty nice to have Patrick yeah, Mahomes. No question. And I tell you what, as a, as a Niners fan, sitting there winning – not feeling like you're winning because you know it's it's coming yeah. and they kept kicking field goals and kept letting the Chiefs hang around and that ultimately along with you know the the kickoff stuff for for overtime and how you handle the coin flip ultimately letting the Chiefs hang around there in that first half was yeah. was the downfall of the 49ers they absolutely should have should have put their you know their foot on the throat and and finished that game off you know in the first half if you go up 14 3 17 3 like that's a whole different ball game than 10 0 which turns into 10 6 and yeah. next thing you know you're down 13 10 like it's it, you know lots of ifs lots of what ifs lots of buts but ultimately um the the amount of guys that aren't gonna make super bowls and are not gonna have super bowl rings because patrick mahomes has been playing for the last six years <laughs> yeah, and will continue timing. to play over the next Bad 10 timing. years is gonna be is gonna be wild. Um, there's a there's a fun there was a fun feature kind of coming out in the weeks leading up to the Super Bowl of all the quarterbacks drafted the year after Mahomes who have not made a Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson hasn't made a Super Bowl. Josh Allen hasn't made a Super Bowl. You know now Sam Darnold has the Niners backup quarterback who is in that draft class, but it's. They didn't even talk about him. It's gonna be no. Well, they didn't have any reason to, but <laughs> it's. I mean, it's a dynasty in Kansas City. 
some part of me feels like it's retribution for the 2010 through 2014 <laughs> San Francisco Giants, but uh, that's that's I guess neither here nor there. Um, we'll get into get into some high school sports here. I think I think I've got everything out of my system on the on the Super Bowl. I don't know anything else you you want to touch on, Jeff, before we transition over. It's just. Uh, one of those things. Yeah, there's a lot. I, I know lots of Niners fans because where we live, but I have a buddy that lives in Kansas City and he was going completely bonkers. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Giants fans, you know, got those, all those scrappy upstart teams that maybe didn't deserve it. And now the Niners just get to run into the, the best team in the last <laughs> yep. decade. So that'll do it for the Super Bowl. Another, another fun NFL season, depending on who you root for. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, but. Anyways, uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is this current iteration of Michael Jordan, and I really don't think that's that. Uh, I'm not really going out on too thin a branch there. No. My daughters are asking, why, if it's boring, why are you watching? I'm like, because you can witness something that you may never see. Yeah, well, fortunately with Patrick Mahomes, I think you're going to see this a lot over the next <laughs> five, six okay, years. But, you know. but yes, you're absolutely right. There may not ever be. There may yeah. not ever be. And you know what's funny? This is a conversation I heard a lot of when he won his first Super Bowl. Like that may have been his peak. It obviously hasn't been, yeah. but like this could be his peak. And he's honestly, if he retired today, he's still a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but for sure. If that's his peak, then what you've gotten to witness so yeah. far is yeah. is pretty remarkable and yeah. something everybody will will remember, assuming you're old enough to to remember it. But, yeah. anyways, <clears throat> moving on from the Super Bowl, we got our own playoff action going on here in Northern Nevada uh, with some basketball and some wrestling. Obviously, you guys know that at this point. Uh, last night, Carson basketball, both the boys and the girls were in the 8-9 play-in games as the 9 seed. Uh, the winners of last night's game went on to face the 1 seed. On the boys' side, that will be McQueen, as McQueen beats the Carson boys 74-55. Uh, the Senators were down by 30 after 3, so good on them to fight their way back to to lose by 19. That's a, you know, it, I don't know if it's going to necessarily make them feel any better today, but it's better than, you know, falling that, that last game of year potential high school career by you know 45 or something ridiculous so to cut that back by 19 is a at least a fourth quarter that they can you know feel feel proud of at the end of the day uh they wrap up the regular season four and 22 overall and that would be their 17th loss in league play though i don't think it'll necessarily count in in league anyways uh flipping over to the girls side where the Carson girls finally got the upper hand on Reed. The Raiders had beaten them in both meetings this regular season, but the Carson girls pulled out a 46-36 win at Reed over the Raiders. They will head to number one Bishop Minogue tonight. We are obviously taping this Tuesday morning. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, there will be recaps for both games on NevadaAppeal.com backslash news backslash sports there. So some stuff you can tune into there. I gotta say, for the you know the Carson girls having lost twice to Reed so far this season, I was impressed that they kind of held Reed at bay. There was one point there in the fourth quarter where I think I got cut to five, but otherwise they they led by about eight to ten pretty much the whole second half, at least from from what I saw. And they were up sixteen to eight after one, so pretty much a, a wire to wire win if I didn't say that already. Um, and that's a little confidence, right? I mean, going into number one Bishop Minogue, I don't think you can you know sit here and, and say anything too outlandish, but they scored 55 points against the miners in their, their last meeting. If they could do something like that, you they've got to be, got to be excited about what next year can bring. And I know that's been kind of said since the beginning of, of what, what about next year? But while you're still here and in the present, I think just trying to put up your, the best, best result you can against the miners, regardless of, of outcome is all you can ask for. And uh, they get one more, one more game to play here Tuesday night 
and uh, we'll see what they they can do there. I guess, Jeff, any any final thoughts on the, the Carson basketball season uh, this season? I know, like I said, both teams kind of went in as the as the the last seed in the in the league. I guess we'll see what's uh, what's coming next year. Yeah, well, and I, I I would have to say that the other teams as well that they're playing are you know they're kind of facing the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. that that eight nine playing game, and if you can get something rolling. Um, the girls got a 10 point win. That's, that's fantastic. I mean, that's got to feel really good for them. Uh, obviously I'm going to guess they're going to be pretty tired. Uh, so they're going to have to get it all back together and, uh, try to put it out there again. So, um, now it's, now it's go time. I mean, you got the Douglas teams are both playing, uh, what, one tonight, one tomorrow. Yep. Yep. We'll get to that in just so, a second. Uh, it's, it's salvage what you can at this point and then try to come out with some positives and look forward to the next next season and for what it's worth i keep hearing about these middle school teams that both the boys and girls have here uh locally i guess you know let me be very clear that does not always translate to to varsity success because of the levels you got to get through the physical changes boys and girls are going through at this age like you just kind of never know uh, how that how that will shape up, but it sounds like the middle school teams around here have been have been pretty successful. So I think there's some uh, positive energy in the, right. in the air there. I think that that this goes back to Carlos. Um, you know, two two iterations ago on coaching is they quickly realized that they were starting to get some soft spaces in the middle, and they went and and started actively working with the middle school kids yeah. and the younger kids and. Um, not just rec basketball, which is fine. It's a good place to start. Do you like the game at all? Um, but then the programs, and I know Ty has put in a, a pretty extensive, I don't want to call it a summer program, but it kind of is a summer program, um, which is, I mean, the kids are playing. It doesn't matter what they're playing. It's just fantastic that they're playing basketball and it's working towards helping build the, the program. So, um, you know, kind of all sports are going to need that. Yeah, not to turn into a broken record here. I'm sure this is another thing I've said on on the podcast plenty of times, but for everybody that only wants to win or only wants to watch winning, especially for some of the adults I hear from, this is where it starts. It starts in the the middle elementary school, middle school level. You get the the kids that have spent, you know, years playing these sports and they're not coming in as freshmen, you know, green and yeah. not not knowing the game. They you know, you you learn at the young age and then you build on those skills from there and uh, that's that's the biggest factor for success. It has nothing to do with year to year. I mean, it does have something to do with year to year coaching. Let me rephrase that. That's 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 not fair. But it is absolutely more than just you know what you have this year and ter- trying to turn that into a winning product. This is something that starts years in advance yeah, before yeah. you get to you see the success levels that some of these other schools are seeing. When I was just listening to a podcast driving here um, to to record this, and the comment was. A lot of these players that are professional now played in the streets, played in the backyard, played at the local park, at the school. They, they, they've played more hours there than they've ever played professionally, but that's what built, that's what. Yeah. That's why they got where they are. And we're not doing that now. Absolutely. We're a video game world <laughs> well, now. I don't want to get too all-encompassing no, here. No, but, but. <laughs> but you, you don't see kids playing at the park. You don't see out in the street there's no hoops and yeah, there, there are there are there are <laughs> but it's not like it used to be it definitely not like it used to be when i was a kid we didn't even have video games yeah yeah that's, so 
Anyways, moving into uh, Douglas Hoops, where the Tiger girls will st- start their postseason run at home uh, tonight against McQueen. They have two wins over the Lancers this season. The first one came in their opening game of the season. That was 57-28 back in late November. And then they beat the Lancers 51-30 January 16th. The Tigers are the number three seed after an interesting tiebreaker with Spanish Springs and Damani Ranch. Apologies if uh, y'all saw my tweet Friday. That was not correct. Uh, but anyways, it is it is correct now. I'm just going to move forward by saying I probably won't be doing much of the let's see if we can figure out the tiebreakers a couple Good hours luck. in advance because, uh, yeah, it's they're they're complicated and convoluted and even the head-to-head is trickier than the, the three-way tie. But... Regardless, like I said, Douglas is the three seed, Spanish Springs is the two, and Damani is the four. So a win tonight for the Tiger girls will likely send them to Spanish Springs Thursday, where they will take on the number two seeded Cougars. Those two teams have split their two meetings this season with Spanish Springs winning the most recent game. On the boys' side, they will head to number three, Reed, Wednesday night. Um, the Tigers beat Reed 75-68 on December 5th, but then lost to the Raiders 77-73 January 19th, in which guard TJ Coulter for the Raiders had 43 points and was 7 of 10 from beyond the arc. That I don't think you'll see the Tigers give up again, and that is no slight to anybody from Reed. I just think that Douglas's defense has has gotten better and now that they've seen it and know what they need to do i would be surprised if anybody scores 43 points in in that game overall but if you look at, if you go back and look at the douglas boys box score from that 77 73 loss i mean that is that's the kind of play they they've been looking for this season i mean four players in double figures they shot the ball um you know not great from three but from the field they were you know had shot 46 percent. they were five of 24 from three which i mean in theory, based off averages, not going to happen probably a, a second time. But yeah, we'll see. That's I think that's going to be that's going to be a doozy. And I think this this Douglas boys team is capable of of an upset, if you will. I'm I'm not sure how big of an upset it would be, yeah. uh, given just how close the first two games were. But yeah, it should be should be a doozy. Jet Lehman had 23 on 10 of 15 shooting in their last meeting. Caden Thacker had 18, and then Trace Estes and Kyle Coombs both had 10. Um, they you know they did a pretty good job on the on the glass as well. They had 16 offensive rebounds in that game. It's just kind of can you can you defend the deep ball, especially against a, a player like like T.J. Coulter, who has shown on multiple occasions he is capable of of scoring 40 plus and is absolutely capable of doing it again. I just I think that Douglas's defense will be keyed on on him and uh, and Don Williams as well, but definitely making sure you don't get get beat from deep there. So that once again that game is Wednesday night at Reed. The winner of that will likely play number two seed Reno, who I believe is playing against number seven Galena to open the regional postseason there. Over to wrestling, where the regional tournament wrapped up this past weekend. A whole bunch of state qualifiers between Carson and Douglas. Top six go from each weight class, which seems a little much given that some of these brackets are only eight wrestlers deep at, at, at certain weight classes, but... I know it's a you know it's a sport that's continuing to grow. So if it gets it gets more people out than uh, more wrestlers out, then I think you know you're you're accomplishing what you're looking for there. Uh, five potential regional title bouts between Carson and Douglas combined. Unfortunately, 0 for five for those uh, those matches there. Carson 0 for four. Douglas went 0 for one. Um, they both had a an injury. So Lucas Wold at 132 pounds for Carson did not wrestle in that regional title. 
bout because of an injury. He sounds like he's likely to wrestle at state wrestling, but it sounds like he's going to, you know, might still be dealing with some, some lingering effects of that. Unfortunately for 215 pounder Sage 80 of Douglas, it seems like his season is over. Came down a little awkwardly on a, you know, on a pick, he got picked up and came down a little awkwardly and ended up with a broken arm there early in the second period. So I couldn't really see what happened from my angle, but Sage went and posted it on uh, social media after the fact with a with an X-ray. It looked like a pretty clean break. So uh, best wishes to to Sage. I know he had a remarkable senior season, crossed over a hundred wins, likely going to wrestle in college as well. I'm sure we got a a feature story coming there. You know. Sometimes that's just the way things work out. So anyways, 22 wrestlers in total on the boys' side going to the state tournament. Obviously, Douglas has three girls going as well. That will be this weekend in Bullhead, Arizona. Bullhead City, Arizona, excuse me. Going to be a long day. Uh, it's going to be a one-day tournament. Sounds like it's starting at 7 a.m. And the the early estimates were putting it on ending around 11 p.m. So it's going to be going to be a long day. They've got some. They being the NIAA has some things to figure out with with wrestling. It's this. It can't be. This can't be the plan moving forward. I can say what you want about how they ended up where they are this year, but you can't have these one-day tournaments that last 15 hours. You can do. You can do one-day tournaments. You can. Sp- Splitting them up is a whole different can of worms. I'm not necessarily sure I'm interested in getting into today, but it can't be 14-hour days uh, for for wrestling tournaments. And honestly, potentially having championship matches 10 p.m. or later seems absurd, if we're being completely blunt. You just – the facility people, and that's brutal. Yeah. I mean, just trying to think of – it's uh, brutal on everybody. Yeah. I, we had state soccer here at Carson, and we were out there for a long time. But, you know, we had boys and girls, four games in a day. You got to fit it in somewhere. But, man, I I feel for those guys. And and wrestling, it's on Saturday or it's on? Saturday, okay. yeah. Yeah, they had some competition down in Vegas for venues, obviously, you know, with Mountain West basketball and, and some other stuff going on. But I don't know. 14-hour days. That's I mean, they don't even – you can't even work, like, realistically that long. Like, yeah. in, in re, like a working environment, like, that's not – you're going to have – you're going to have HR, PR yeah. cases doing doing All stuff kinds. like that. So you, why why can you do, get away with it with kids? It, for another day. Yeah. Uh, not not for today. So congrats on to those uh, 25 wrestlers that will be down in uh, – Arizona for the state tournament this coming weekend. If you're looking for more coverage on the regional results, you can check those out at Nevada Peel and com as well. One more quick thing before we get out of here, we do have a feature story coming because I have a feature story coming this Wednesday in the Nevada Peel on Carson Jr. Tristan Rutledge. He broke his leg in the high jump last year at Douglas uh, and his first pentathlon at back he won it down in the california winter championships so pretty cool feature story there it was a sound like a pretty grueling road to recovery but 10 months later here he is out competing again and um has had the desire to do decathlon since he was in middle school and was was trying to do that last year still has yet to compete in one but he's pretty optimistic about about how he's going to do and his results from two weekends ago down in in southern california on february 3rd I guess 10 days ago, really kind of speak to that. 
And so obviously he's got some some room to grow, but he also has, you know, four new screws in a knee or just below a knee. So he's trying to figure that out as well. But a really good story. Uh, I appreciate Tristan's time for for talking to me about that one. I know some parts of that were were pretty tough. So uh, be sure to check that out in print in the Nevada Appeal Wednesday or online at NevadaAppeal.com backslash news backslash sports. All right, Jeff, anything else before we get out of here? Championship basketballs at Carson this weekend. Yep. Yep, there are regional title games. We'll be at Carson High. So if four o'clock what girls game and six, six o'clock, o'clock boys, boys game, game, I believe. Yeah. I believe so that sounds right. I will be there regardless who is in it. Uh, obviously, we will have more coverage if we've got a local team in it. But you will see some, at the very least, a photo or two in in the newspaper of of who won it and and what's next for for them. But otherwise, that's going to do it for episode 116. Thank you to today's sponsor, that is Played Against Sports, your best place to go for new and gently used sporting equipment needs. You can check them out online or in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center. Once again, that address online is www.playedagainsports.com. Thanks always to Jeff Mulvihill of InstaImage.com is where you can check out his work. And we will catch you guys next week. Take it easy. Take it easy.